You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio, episode number 243. I'm Jimmy Kemsky from phillyvoice.com. With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Gowden of leadinggreennation.com. We have a lot to discuss because the Eagles did a thing this past week when they traded with the New Orleans Saints. Uh, eight picks involved, picks only, uh, in a trade that nets the Eagles a 2023 first-round draft pick. But before we get to that, Brandon... All the listeners want to know where they can find the finest meat snacks in the land. Well, I'm laughing here, Jimmy, because what the <laughs> listeners don't know is this is our third attempt at recording BGN Radio episode number 243. Who cares? Uh, so you don't know that, gentle listener, until I told you that. But We brought the juice on all three attempts. We did, and it's still going to be a great episode. But it's just <laughs> kind of funny because you end up saying the same things multiple times, but then they don't get right. to get heard. But I will repeat the bit I've been doing for the last two times, and that is that... Just like Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors has been voted by God as the top realtor in the universe, I am getting some breaking news that God has also voted Righteous Felon Craft Jerky as the top snack wow. of any oh kind. God. It's it, amazing. I, it's, it's incredible. So if you want to get in on that, RighteousFelon.com, discount code BGN15 for 15% off your order. Go check it out today. It's free to go to the website. Check it out. Uh, Jimmy. Enough of that. Take that, Oreos, you jerks. <laughs> there you go. Um, but although, if Oreos wants to sponsor, we're listening. Um, Jimmy, where do we start today with this huge trade? Well, let's lay it out first. Um, first of all, the Eagles previously had the 19th overall pick. The Saints had the 18th overall pick. Those picks swap. So somehow the Eagles moved up and the Saints moved back one spot uh, in this trade uh, with their 16th overall pick. Uh, the Eagles shipped that. That was, by the way, the the pick that came in return from the Indianapolis Colts in the Carson Wentz trade. That gets sent to New Orleans. And basically in return for that pick, the Eagles get uh, an extra third round pick. It's late in the third round. I believe it's a compensatory pick uh, from the Saints this year, 2022. They get a first round pick, as we mentioned at the opener, in uh, 2023. And they get a second round pick a little further down the line in 2024. And then on a side note, they traded uh, their sixth round pick this year, uh, which was previously, or not pre- it is, uh, pick number 194. And they get uh, the Saints' seventh round pick, which was which is 237. So that's a you know, small detail in the trade. Don't know that they really need to needed to include that in there. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> the Eagles, uh, they get, again, the crux of the trade is that they send 16 for a one, a two, and a three. Now, they're not all in 2022, of course. you got to wait for some of those. I don't understand some of these teams that devalue future picks uh, like they do. I think the Eagles are smart for uh, being open to trading for future picks. I mean, you got to wait a little bit before. I think one of the advantages of, you know, we, we've, we've talked about plenty about how Howie Roseman has, you know, unlimited job security and why maybe he shouldn't. But this is sort of a, a benefit of him having, having that job security and that he's willing to deal for future picks, knowing that he's going to be around for a long time and for the long haul. So, um, you know, they make this deal. And in my opinion, it is a fantastic one 
for the Philadelphia Eagles. What are your thoughts? I think it's a really good deal. Uh, this is what Howie Roseman is good at, Jimmy. I, I don't mm-hmm. think any of Howie's biggest critics could ever say, like, he doesn't understand value. He doesn't know how to trade. Like, no, he, he definitely is good at that. And I don't want to just gloss over that because I think he deserves a lot of credit from the context of the article you wrote where there wasn't really a strong precedent for right. where the Eagles were at the middle of the first round kind of to trade down and also get a future first that doesn't happen every year or very commonly at all. The example used was what? When the Saints previously moved up for Marcus Davenport a few years ago. So I think it's a good job by Howie to navigate that. It's also a good job by Howie to basically probably have a lot of the rest of the league know that they wanted a 2023 first, or at least strongly suspect that because they had the three first round picks this year. But obviously there's been some uncertainty with Jalen Hurts. So you would not be shocked, you know, if the Eagles were looking for that insurance policy. And I think we'll get into that debate on that a little bit in a bit, but uh, I think it's a, it's a, I, I, it's kind of a no brainer deal to me. Like, why would you not do that deal? Uh, value is really good. Uh, three first round picks this year. Just didn't seem to make sense again with the Eagles quarterback situation. I, I I believe that was my my I was I felt so strongly about that, Jimmy. Not that it would be nice if the Eagles got a 2023 first. I was mm-hmm. like, they need to. I think I said that on the podcast. They had to do it. It was a must, and they did it. Yeah. What the article Brandon is referring to is I wrote something the morning of the of uh the day of the trade where I laid out all the uh trades that occurred over the last 10 years. In which a team was, um, in which a team gave up a future first round pick uh, to move up in the draft, and um, there were there have been ten of them over the last ten years, and seven of them involved quarterbacks. Uh, none of the trades, well, mo- almost all the trades, mo- most of the trades were in like the top ten. Uh, I think half of them were in the top five. Like the team trading away the pick uh, had a, had a way had a a top five pick. Only like a, a small handful, like two or three of them were after pick 10. None of them were as far back as pick 15 where the Eagles were. Um, so I wrote this long article <laughs> detailing all 10 of those trades saying that, you know, the Eagles certainly want to move back and and maybe pick up a 2023 first round pick. And that's sort of something that we've all speculated that, you know, could happen. But my sort of uh, conclusion was that it's not, you know, don't get your hopes up on this happening unless you can find some dumbass team to make you know, a trade that doesn't really make any sense. Like the Saints did once upon a time in 2018 when they moved up from pick number 27 uh, to pick number f- uh, 14 with the, with the Packers. And they drafted uh, Marcus Davenport, who was from University of Texas, San Antonio, hasn't really done much in the league uh, in his first few years in the league. Um, so they made a dumb trade previously in 2018 in which they gave a, a future first round pick. And in my opinion, they made a really dumb trade uh, with the Eagles just now. Looking at from the Saints perspective, <laughs> I, so I, I know that you had um, on your uh, – On your on the SB Nation uh, mixed, NFL show. The your SB Nation brief. NFL show. Yep. You had uh, Kat Terrell on from The Athletic. Mm-hmm. Um what was their? What was her insight you into? Listen, Jimmy, you tell me you're not listening here. Uh, I think. Well, what's what's sort of like the the saint like the the saints perspective on why they did this deal? I mean, she didn't really have like a an amazing explanation. Not like to put her down in terms of yeah, right. Just, there, it's hard to come up with one. Yeah, one. Yeah. Um, I think the way she kind of put it is like this deal. Uh, at 
best is like solid for the Saints and at worst is is pretty bad. <laughs> um mm-hmm. I think the thinking for the Saints is that they've had some hits in the first round, such as Marcus Lattimore and uh Ryan Ramchick. And mm-hmm. you know, maybe they're a little bit overconfident in their drafting ability. And I've seen, I guess I think it might have been Ian Rappaport put out the Saints feel like they're like an extra first round pick away from making the playoffs. It's like <laughs> yeah, okay. Who cares? Sure. As what, like a seven seed, a six seed? Yeah, right. like what's your ceiling? Um, I don't know if I fully believe in that. I'm kind of of the mind that they want to move up again, kind of like the Eagles did in mm-hmm. 2016 to get Carson Wentz. And I think the Giants at number five are a real prime spot for them to jump up to because you want to get ahead of Carolina, a division rival, at number six. And then the Falcons are also sitting there at eight. So I think it might be about that. Uh, and I talked about that with RJ on the mixtape. And it, it would be interesting that the Giants could potentially have three first round picks instead of the Eagles, uh, mm. if that's the case. Right. Um, I don't know that for sure. I, I really don't get it overall, though. I don't think it makes a ton of sense for them. I guess like maybe they see it as they're going to be really good this year and they're actually kind of getting over on the Eagles because it's like, well, we're going to we're getting this pick at number 16 and we're giving him a pick next year. That's going to be like low 20s. Again, I don't think that's realistic, but I think maybe right. that's what they're thinking. Yeah. Um, so you think it's quarterback that they're moving up for? If they make another move up, yeah. But uh, currently, no, not necessarily. I mean, unless someone falls potentially, like Kenny Pickett or whoever. But um, no, not currently. Okay. So I, the way that I kind of view it is if they do want to get a quarterback, then I think that's more of a long-term view. If they really like a quarterback in this draft, then that's more of like we're not, you know – moving all our chips in for this year like the Ian Rappaport tweet that you referenced sort of alluded to the one gaping hole that they have on their roster now is at left tackle mm. after having lost uh Teron Armstead in free agency where did he go Miami he did yeah so I mean he was a, a I think he was an all pro at some point he's definitely been to it's pro one of the best starting left tackles in the league yeah yeah for sure so, I mean, they, they lose him in free agency because of their cap mismanagement over the last, really, half decade. Um, so they weren't able to retain him. He goes to Miami. They have a gaping hole there. So, ugh, but I, why would you trade? Why would you make this trade? Like, you look at, so you look at the NFC, and I, I get that the NFC is extraordinarily weak in comparison to the AFC. I mean, you have Tom Brady with, uh, you know, with the Buccaneers, and you have Aaron Rodgers with the, the Packers, and then... Beyond those two guys, who's the best? Who's the best quarterback in the NFC? Is it Dak? Matt Stafford, like, I think you could say. Matt St- oh, right, Matthew Stafford would be for, would be three for sure. And then I guess after him, uh, I guess it would be Dak. So Dak, Kyler, you're kind of in that tier. Yeah. So it's it's a it's a conference where certainly, yeah, you can make it to the playoffs. But as you note, at what? Like, what's your ceiling? Yeah. Like the six seed, the seven seed. Last year, the NFC was also weak. And they went nine and eight, and they didn't make the playoffs. Now, granted, they lost their starting quarterback, who was initially Jameis Winston uh, for the season. With I think he what did he tore, tore his ACL, and uh, they had to start Trevor Simeon for a while. Uh, Taysom Hill got his got his toe confused, you know, starts last season. I think he did anyway. Um, and they sort of relied on their defense uh, to to sort of carry them. Whereas over the past decade plus. They've relied on their offense under Drew Brees to, to you know, sort of be their identity. And when you look at losing Sean Payton, that's going to hurt them offensively. And then there's also an argument. Uh, I'll credit Noah Becker here. Noah Becker. <laughs> excuse me. Noah the, the jersey Becker. Came out, yeah. Noah here. Becker. 
<laughs> it's like a Francesa uh, uh, pronunciation there. Noah Becca, he can he he noted also that um, Dennis Allen moving from defensive coordinator to the head coach is potentially hurting the defense too. Why? Well, I mean, he's still in the house and he's still probably going to run the defense, but he's also now got a ton of extra responsibilities on top of it. Can't just focus on the defensive side of the ball. So maybe the offense and the defense both take a hit with uh, sort of their, their coaching changes and uh, adapting to Sean Payton leaving. So this pick could be a pretty good one. In twenty, this first round pick in twenty twenty three could be a pretty good one. Before we get to like all the Jalen Hurts stuff and like where you know what this means for the Eagles' quarterback position, let's just look at the Saints. Sure, you you have on the on the show sheet the over under for uh, where that pick will land in the twenty twenty three draft at ten point five. Mm-hmm. I'll let you go first on where you think that'll uh, better better than 10.5 or worse so i went through the schedule with rj so i want to do that again here like their opponents okay. and did win loss and we, he came up with like seven that was him not me you know me because mm-hmm. he could accuse me of having like an eagles bias or whatever he he <laughs> came up with that um i think dennis allen is maybe a little underrated because i think he mm-hmm. obviously was a disaster or didn't do well with the raiders but like a lot of people don't do well necessarily yeah the Raiders yeah tough to coach that team and he's also a lot younger like he's had experience and he's been such a good defensive coordinator and that doesn't mean he'll be a good head coach again but like I'm willing to give him some benefit of the doubt he's been a great defensive coordinator so like Mm -hmm. I'm willing to say like there might be something there and even though Sean Payton is gone which I think is a big loss you still have some of the like they've retained a lot of the coaching staff there so I I think like you're not necessarily I don't think it's like the Saints are the worst team in the league all of a sudden I don't think it's that precipitous of a drop-off and Jameis Winston, I will note that in addition to the ACL, I believe there is an MCL in there. So it wasn't necessarily, okay. you know, like like you like to say, the garden variety, like yeah. kind of normal ACL tear. And also, I think he kind of played above his head. Like he played better than he ever did in the NFL last mm-hmm. year. So I don't know that you can just count on that. I think they might be a little bit more middling just because they still do have some, they have some talent on the roster. Although they did lose, in addition to Taron, Taron Armstead, Malcolm Jenkins, which I think mm-hmm. even if you know Malcolm's not in his prime anymore by any means, but like, have you seen how the Eagles did after they lost Malcolm Jenkins? Like that's right. that's a that's a key leader for them. And then Marcus Mar- Williams too. Marcus yeah. Williams, yeah. So and um, so they've lost some some serious talent there. Uh, I still think they have enough to and look like. I feel better about the Saints still than I do about the Panthers and sure. maybe the Falcons. So they still yeah. might. Oh, you for know, sure. Be the yeah. Falcons, Falcons might be the worst team in the league. Right. So like, you know, I still think you can get some wins there. I don't, again, I don't think they're going to be like competing for the number one pick. Uh, so I'll take like maybe slightly over. Maybe we're looking at like, like kind of where the Eagles were this year, 15, 16, like 14, 13, somewhere around there. What about you? Yeah, I'd probably land somewhere in that ballpark too. Did you say that you had their non-divisional opponents handy? I didn't. I don't. Okay, let's pull those up. I'll pull them up real quick. I want to. Um, uh, while you do that, I wanted to touch on uh, grading this deal for the Eagles, Jimmy. I'm guessing you would give it. Would you give it an A plus? Oh yeah, for sure. Okay, so <laughs> yeah. Eagles fans, who how great is it that Eagles fans already pretty much rooting against the Saints because of a lot of reasons, and you know we've as we've highlighted before the saints are kind of like an unofficial a low-key rival if you will given all the sean payton crap and you know him riding the buses around the eagle stadium after beating them in the playoffs Mm -hmm. in 2014 and 
and all the stuff that kind of happened, the frauds and the Super Bowl and Alvin Kamara. Uh, so Eagles fans, a big winner from this deal. It's talked about on the Oddcast this week. 60% of 10,000 voters on, ble- actually 11,000 on Bleeding Green Nation voted uh, A for this deal, 28% B, so 88% A, B combined, and then 7% C, and then the rest D and F. Uh, so yeah, obviously not a shock. Eagles fans like this deal. Do you have those opponents I do. So their home opponents outside of the division are Super Bowl champion defending Rams, uh, Seahawks, who are bad now, uh, the Ravens, who are always competitive and good, Bengals, <laughs> you know, also Super Bowl uh, participant. Good team. Uh, Ra- the Raiders, who have improved this offseason with Devontae Adams, uh, the Vikings, who are probably right around sort of the middling area, maybe a little bit better than the Saints. Uh, and then the road opponents are the Cardinals, the. Uh, the Browns, who just traded for Deshaun Watson, the Steelers, who haven't had a losing record in like 47 years, uh, the 49ers, who did they make it to the NFC Championship game or was it divisional round? They did. NFC Championship game, right? Yeah. Second and time the in Eagles, three years. The Eagles, who have beaten them each of the last two years. <laughs> so so it's not a – there's no cupcakes outside of their division. I think it's the ninth toughest Except, except for the Seahawks. The Seahawks are maybe the one easy game they have at home. I think it's the ninth toughest schedule in terms of not like, you know, regular strength of schedule, but the win total projected okay. strength of schedule. So yeah, it's not, it's not easy, but I still think they have enough there where, again, I just don't think they're going to be like, maybe they're 10, maybe they're, you know, eight, nine, 10. I don't think they're going to be top five. I don't even say a top five pick. There's some really right. bad I teams. agree with that. I mean, they have the Falcons and the Panthers in their, in their yeah. division. So they're going to win some of those games and they're going to beat some of those teams, those other teams on their schedule, I would think. The weird thing about Jameis Winston, too, by the way, is the previous year, I believe, was the year that he threw like 30-something picks for the Buccaneers, and then the Saints brought him in. And his game was totally different. Like, he was almost sort of like a game manager. He didn't take, like, many chances down the field, and he didn't turn the ball over. But they also didn't, you know, do much through the air uh, under him. Like, his passing yardage numbers were really low, Mm -hmm. whereas they were really high uh, in, in Tampa. On that so, note, like, I think there was a game last year where he had like five touchdowns and he only threw for like 200 or not even like 200 yards. Yeah. Right. And they, and like you said, they still have talent. Like their offensive line is still good. Um, even though they lost Toronto Armstead, they have Alvin Kamara, they have Michael Thomas will more than likely be back. They still have some good players on defense. So, but it is an aging team too. So they do also have the chance to sort of like have like that steep drop off. Like we've seen other teams sort of experience over the years. Uh, maybe you can include the Eagles uh, in that to some degree, uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a it's a for, if you're if you're Howie Roseman, you're looking at this trade, you're looking at you're looking at the Saints and what they could potentially be. I think like the like the the you know the the floor for that pick yes. is what like twenty. 24 25 somewhere in that range right. like the absolute like best case scenario for the saints is that they're picking around there the best case scenario is like six. You know, maybe top five I but i would five. say top five is, is highly unlikely but it's possible like we didn't want we weren't looking at the dolphins necessarily as a potential top five uh pick and then it wound up not being top five <laughs> yeah. but i mean they started one and seven or one and eight or whatever it was one and seven uh, yeah. For a little while, it was looking like that could be a top five pick. Top one pick. Uh, but 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 the the bottom line here is what's great about this is it's yet another year of having some secondary team to pay attention yes. to, which is always fun. Absolutely, that's what I was touching on um, <laughs> with just how great it is to root against 
another team, especially one that's and they're a very hateable team yeah, as you mentioned. Like the too. Colts, who cares? Like that, there's no like bad blood there, whatever. But the Saints, yeah. definitely. Uh, I want to get to the Jalen Hurts aspect of this because I think we might disagree. Maybe I don't know disagree, but I think we might look at it differently. So I noticed on Twitter after this deal was made, you kind of tweeted out that like, and I've seen this take a lot, and I hate this take. I will say, <laughs> like, oh, the Eagles would have made this trade no matter who they have at quarterback. BS. That is complete BS. Like I get in a vacuum, <laughs> it's great value. Why was Howie Roseman making calls looking for a 2023 first round pick? It's not because he felt amazing about the quarterback and he just happened to want to get one. No, that's that's t- that is so missing the mark. I feel like I'm not saying that this trade is only about Jalen Hurts, but like this idea, it wasn't even a factor. And it's just like, oh, it's such a good deal. You have to do it no matter what. I just don't agree with that. And also like. Because if you really did believe in Jalen Hurts, you're not trading for more picks in the future. You're using the picks you have this year probably to get DK Metcalf or AJ Brown and going all in now. You're not kicking the can down the road if you feel good about Jalen Hurts now. So I don't agree with that. Miss me with that. Well, I mean, it's correct. <laughs> like how I would do this. I would do this deal no matter what. Yeah, but you think I mean, it's nothing to do with the quarterback? Oh no, of course it had something to do with the quarterback. Well, there you go. Nobody said that. Or I certainly didn't. I'm say I'm seeing that. a lot of like it, it's just such a good okay, value. Well, it doesn't okay, even that, matter. That might that might exist elsewhere, but okay. I didn't say that. But I mean, certainly this deal has has something to do with Jalen Hurts. I mean, you look at this quarterback draft class, and the top two guys are like the the top two consensus guys anyway are Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett. I think I like Matt Corral a little bit better than Kenny Pickett, but whatever. Um, but certainly in 2023, looking forward, Bryce Young from Alabama and C.J. Stroud right now. Like if they were allowed to come out right now, they would be far more highly rated prospects than Pickett, Willis, Corral, whoever you want to mention from from this class. And there's going to be other guys potentially that that could be a first round consideration next year as well, uh, in addition to to Young and Stroud. So, I mean, certainly the the more picks that you can that you can acquire for the future puts you in a better position to maybe land one of those guys or another guy that sort of you know, rises like we've seen quarterbacks do like Joe Burrow, for example, um, if, if they do so. So, yeah, I mean, they're going to have competition, mm. of course, next year, because there are uh, four other teams that have multiple first round picks, as you mentioned, uh, I believe on the last podcast, actually, nice foreshadowing by you uh, in the Texans mm-hmm. off the top of my head, Texans, Lions, yep. Seahawks, yep. and... The Dolphins. 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 So the and all four of those teams could very likely be shopping for quarterbacks, depending on what they do in the draft uh this year. So again, it's gonna still be not like a slam dunk that they're gonna be able to land whoever they want to land at quarterback in the twenty twenty three draft, uh if in fact uh Jalen Hurts does not improve substantially in twenty twenty two. But yeah, I mean Certainly, the, this trade has something to do with the quarterback position. I mm-hmm. uh, didn't mean to say that, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I would have done this trade like under any circumstances, like that. I, I would, sure. I would, I would absolutely do that deal. But again, I just feel like you know, it wasn't like I just feel like these are clearly not being deliberate about going all in now. There's clearly left. Jeffrey Larry talked about it, like you know, build now mm-hmm. and build for the future. Like they're they're hedging their bet. They're kind of treading water, um, and there's just. Last year's trade, like I said, from 12 to 6 to pick up Miami's first. You can't convince me that Howie Rosen wasn't thinking in his mind, like, I'm going to have this pick to potentially get a quarterback next year. And it didn't work out. But that wasn't for a total lack of effort. And I just feel like this deal as well, like, that can, that, I just can't 
be convinced that he is not thinking that as a top priority in his mind. I have this pick and I'm, I could use it on a quarterback. Not that I'm definitely going to use it on a quarterback. Obviously the ideal situation is Jalen Hurts balls out this year and he does great. And then you have that pick to maybe trade for a star player or, you know, draft a, another, you know, talented player in the first round. That's the ideal situation. I don't think it's the likely situation by any means. I know, I know you don't think it's necessarily likely either to touch on the teams with the first round picks next year. And obviously on a positive side, you could argue the Eagles are stand to have the the most favorable from those teams. Like for example, you know, the Eagles, the saints pick is probably going to be better. You would think than maybe the Browns mm-hmm. pick, although that kind of depends on, you know, Watson's availability. There's some flexibility there. Denver's mm-hmm. first round pick, the Rams first round pick, and the 49ers first round picks like those yeah, they're are all the, gonna pro- they're, they're all likely to be lower picks although you know san fran could be a little iffy too depending on what happens that's true at quarterback um i would say I, I do worry about the giants picking up a first round pick next year because i think there's such strong position to trade down so i think they're a team to watch and the bad news as well for the eagles when it comes to like yes they have the 2024 20, second as well which will help them mm-hmm. problem is the seahawks seahawks have a 2023 20, second so you know in even more like uh not mm-hmm. what's the word not recent uh ammo and more ammo in the near future and okay, the yeah. texans have a 2023 third and they still have a 2024 first as well so like the texans you know i think <laughs> you have potentially even more ammo um yeah. so you know it's uh it's not a guarantee and that's tough because perfect world you have all this ammo you can just do whatever you want and get the quarterback but I, there's gonna be a lot of competition so uh it's nice maneuvering but it doesn't again it doesn't guarantee anything the eagles can get to a point next off season where it's like they're kind of stuck again like they just can't they can't make the move or maybe they can't attract someone so uh at least they're giving themselves a chance i like that much but it's uh not as simple as like oh jalen hurts doesn't work out we can just easily pivot like maybe not yeah i think uh everything that you just laid out there with uh, those teams with multiple first round picks, I think it also opens up some fun, like rooting interests for Eagles fans. If you, if you are any, if you are like interested in, in drafting a quarterback in 2023, that is anyway, um, where like you're rooting for Davis mills to play well for the Texans, (laughs) for example, or you're like rooting for the lions or the Seahawks to like draft uh, like a Kenny Pickett or, uh, Malik Willis in this draft, um, things like that. So, yep. um, you know, it opens up all kinds of other, <laughs> you know, sort of side rooting interest as well. Um, what's the other thing I wanted to touch on? Oh yeah. I guess my overall feeling sort of on the Eagles off season and the way they've handled the quarterback position, by the way, is fine. Like I think they've attacked or tried to attack anyway, trying to land, um, a star quarterback. Now I wouldn't have, I wouldn't be super, you know, complimentary or or happy about them trading for a guy like Deshaun Watson and his off-field stuff but their you know their their intention of 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 adding a, a star quarterback was certainly there with having interest in him and Russell Wilson just didn't work out with either of those two guys not wanting to come to Philadelphia and I don't think and Shiel Kapati always does a great job of laying out like his do's and don'ts of like off seasons and and, in terms of quarterback, Mm -hmm. like don't go for a middling quarterback. Like don't trade for a guy like Matt Ryan or or one of Kirk cousins, you know, one of these other like guys that ultimately isn't going to win you a super bowl. They might make you a better team in the short term than what you have presently, but it's just not, it's just not worth the resources or the waste of time in adding a guy like that. And so I think they're fine in terms of waiting, uh, you know, playing out this season with Jalen hurts, 
Uh, I think it's more likely that they already kind of think that they're going to attack the quarterback position strongly right. in 2023. And if Jalen Hurts surprises them by, and I don't think he just has to be better. I think he has to be way better than he was in 2022 uh, for them to consider not attacking that position again in 2023. So I don't have a problem with anything that they've done so far this offseason at the quarterback position. And I've always kind of felt all along that Jalen Hurts would be their guy back again in 2022 because it'd just be hard, too hard to to bring in like a quarterback worth getting. Um, but uh, so so I guess I'm, uh, I've been totally the, the, what they've done so far is uh, is, is absolutely right. And that they were able to pull this trade off in which they add that, you know, that extra first round pick in 2023. You know, again, you gave it an A plus, I gave it an A plus. So last thing before we go to break here, I just want to get your gut feel. We're recording this on Thursday, April 7th, uh, right about at 10 a.m. in the morning. Who's your gut feel for 15 and 18? The Eagles, two first round mm. picks now that they own. Let's say, you know, like uh, you have to make a pick. For both. So I think they go receiver with one of those picks. Um, and if it were up to me, I would, I would go with either Jameson Williams from Alabama or Traylon Burks from Arkansas. Um, I think those guys are just, you know, great fits, first of all, for, for this team. Um, Jameson Williams, maybe not as much as Burke, like Burks slots in perfectly, like right in the slot and he becomes, you know, your tough inside receiver, uh, can make plays down the field also is a great yards after catch guy Williams though is just a a playmaker and a half and can you know really stretch the field he and Quez with their speed on, on you know can can really kind of make safeties play honestly and that just helps everything else right on down the line from your run game and then you have guys like Devonte Smith and Dallas Goddard working the intermediate areas of the field like that guy can be a total game changer on offense so for me, I think uh, Jamison Williams would be the guy that I would really be targeting if I were the Eagles. And then certainly they want to add an edge rusher, but I don't know that anyone's going to be available at uh, at either of those picks. One thing that I think makes sense is for them to maybe make um, a slight move up for an edge rusher if they're there at 10. Like who? And I think the, guy, like the targets would be like Kayvon Thibodeau from Oregon mm. or like a, um, a, a Jermaine Johnson from, from Florida State. And the team that I think makes a lot of sense is the Jets at pick number 10, who they pick, what, I think four e overall? Yes. Yeah. Four and so ten. they're going to take, you know, they're going to take some stud player at four. But then at 10, they desperately need a receiver. They can get a receiver at 15. Right instead of 10. So for them to move back from 10 to 15 and still get a receiver and pick up some free picks in the process, I think makes a lot of sense for a guy like Joe Douglas. Joe Douglas went on the record and said, Hey, we're open for business on this 10th overall pick. So I could absolutely see the Eagles moving up from 15 to 10 and getting, you know, one of those edge rushers or like even a corner, like say like sauce Gardner falls or, or they really like Derek Stingley or something like that. I could see that as well. But I think ultimately they, they want to get an edge rusher and, and that'd be one way to do it. Now, what, what's the cost for that? Like maybe 15 and probably it's going to cost both of your third round picks, mm. um, which is a little steep. But um, I don't know, maybe worth it. They have 10 picks already. Not that you're going to blow them just because you have a lot of picks. But that when you look at the trade chart, uh, their two threes and 15 would add up to the 10th overall pick. Yeah, I mean, so here's the thing. I gave Howie Roseman credit for the positioning. 
And I think that deserves to be graded on its own, to be clear. Mm-hmm. It's not like, hey, Howie made this really good trade to get these picks in position, and then they blew the picks, so the trade was actually bad. No, like the trade itself was good, but yeah, like to I don't know if this is a great analogy, but let's say you're playing golf and you're really good uh, at chipping, and you get it on mm-hmm. to uh, what's that called? <laughs> the green? Yeah, the green. <laughs> Um, and you can't putt. Yeah, big golf guy over here, clearly. The Masters are going on. I like that you use an analogy to something that you know nothing about. <laughs> I, I thought it was the green, but I wasn't sure. I know the green. I guess I was thinking, like, I was mixing up fairway and green in my mind. Anyway, like, if you're great at chipping, but you can't putt to save your life, well, then, like, you know, kind of, like, who cares? Like, if you're going to, you know, blow it at, at when it actually comes to executing there. So, Howie's done a great job of positioning, but... yeah. Again, as we talked about, and kind of speaking to what you're talking about, a small trade up, Howie has typically done better when he's been drafting those kind of, like, yes. oh, someone's falling, Fletcher Cox, uh, Devontae yes. Smith, kind of no doubt about it kind of players, as opposed to sticking and picking outside of the top <laughs> right. 13, especially. Yeah. That is Marcus Smith. That is Danny Watkins. That is Derek Barnett. That is Jalen Rager. That is Andre Dillard. So... Uh, yeah, you kind of need to execute. Actually, the they did move up for Dillard, but it was a little bit later True. in the first round. But still, yeah, <laughs> um, still, yeah, in that outside of the top 13, outside of what I would say, top 13 sounds like a little arbitrary. Outside of what I would say, this kind of feels like a little bit more no brainer. And you're kind of getting into like a wider range of like, yeah, these players are fine, but not special. Um, I would say for me, wide receiver, when it comes to that position, just get a guy who's good. Like, don't, I'm not, yeah. don't focus on like fit. And I'm I'm worried they might do that. I would hope they've learned from Jalen Rager. Don't doesn't matter. Like oh, we already have a speed. Doesn't matter. Does not matter. I want to come back to that when you're done this point. But continue on. Like even if they have a skinny guy because they have Devontae Smith, who cares? If he's really freaking yeah. good, don't worry about the fit. Just get a really good, talented receiver in here. If he's a great player, so I kind of don't care from a skill set. Ideally, you know, you would be able to get like someone maybe like Drake London in his molds because like you would like a prototypical X in a perfect world. But mm-hmm. I'm not really concerned about that. I like Jamison Williams a lot. I think I would target him and Jordan Davis. I'm really intrigued by him. Uh, mm-hmm. If they take Devontae Wyatt. A defensive tackle is, is, a, is a strong possibility too. I think you're right there. Jordan Davis, I know he's not like, you know, this this kind of like elite kind of rusher. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's kind of concerns about like, you know, how much playing time he might be able to handle after not always playing a ton of snaps at Georgia. But when he, you're athletic as he is, and his size, like, <laughs> yes. I think that's just worth the, the ups. And he's only, I think he only turned 22 recently. Like, I think there's a lot of untapped potential, or there could be some untapped potential there. Um, and I think that could be, and, and David Harker is a free agent after this year. And so is Fletcher Cox. So like mm-hmm. kind of a low key need there at defensive tackle. So I think that could be a really nice pick as well. Those are the, the two names I think I'm, I'm most uh, excited about with those picks. Yeah. I like Jordan Davis a lot too. He's literally the most athletic defensive ta- defensive tackle ever to come into the league pretty if you, good bet. If, you, if you if you go by like the, those athletic scores uh but to your point on the talented wide receivers i think it's encouraging seeing the types of guys they targeted both via trade and free agency and that they didn't specifically target like a bigger receiver calvin ridley is six foot 180 something uh christian kirk is 511 whatever he is weight what 200 something like that uh, Robert Woods, not a big guy. Uh, Allen Robinson, maybe like the one guy that they targeted. That's maybe a bigger guy, but he's more of a slot receiver than your traditional, uh, X receiver, or at least that's probably what he is at this stage of his career. So I think it's actually encouraging that, um, that they did look at those guys as opposed to, you know, 
targeting a specific type of player, like you mentioned, they did with Jalen Rager. Like he he was an like an outside lane receiver that they 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 wanted because they didn't they they felt that Justin Jefferson was more of like a high volume slot receiver, which he isn't, by the way. Like he could he can play outside too, but that's sort of how they pegged him. Some of the people in their building and they so had they did Rager on the instead. roster, so they couldn't add another <laughs> high volume target. Yeah. So so maybe they did learn that lesson. And uh, I'm with you for for you know 100. Just get a good player. Don't worry about getting the exact player that you don't necessarily have in your offense right now, which is which is a bigger guy. Just get good guys that can get open and can catch the ball. Like it's 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 pretty simple to me. Real fan, real Francesa of you there. Just go, just, <laughs> just draft a good player. Um, to me, why don't we take a break here? Because we're we're long into the episode. Uh, before we go to break, I will tell the people quickly. Righteous Felon Craft Jerky is the place to go for the best snacks in the entire universe. So why don't you just go to righteousfelon.com again? It's free to go to the website. It doesn't cost you anything. Just a little bit of time. Check it out. See if there's some snacks. Some uh, some meat snacks, some non-meat snacks, some gear, anything you like. Use discount code BGN15 and you get 15% off your order. I also encourage you to check out wildnaturepet.com. If you have a dog or you watch your friend's dogs like I do, uh, you can check out my Instagram at Brandon Gowton to see me posing with my good friend at Risk It All Paul, who I've referenced before here on the podcast on Instagram. Paul, he's a great dog, uh, former racing dog uh, was mm-hmm. rescued out of that once it was outlawed greyhound? yes a, a greyhound um he's a great he's a great dog he's a he's a great friend uh he's my best friend honestly so uh if you and also he has had wildnaturepet.com dan shout out to uh, our good friend dan Klausner who hooked paul up with those i gave the treats to him he loved him he loved him so if you want some treats for your dog and, and they're going to love it as well, you want to go to wildnaturepet.com and use discount code BGN15 for 15% off your order. Jimmy. Back after this. Back here on BGN Radio, Jimmy. Why don't we talk some more draft since we kind of just were talking about that. Uh, mm-hmm. In the context, oh of- yeah, we're we're in a draft season, by the way. Like free agency has gone, like we're four weeks removed from free agency at this point. The focus now, like, is is on the 2022 NFL draft. Mike, my, my apologies. Continue 21 on. days away, Jimmy. Like it's, That's I right. think it's almost sooner than we realize. Like it's it's almost <laughs> yes. here. Uh, and on that note, 11 of the Eagles' top 30 visits, which for mm-hmm. context, I guess for some maybe some newer listeners or people who aren't in the know. Teams get 30 visits each year where they can bring prospects in and they can't work them out, but they can kind of put them through medical testing and they can interview Mm -hmm. them. So typically, um, just because the Eagles bring in these guys doesn't necessarily mean, obviously, they're going to draft them or they're definitely interested in them. Uh, Because, for example, once upon a time, they brought in Ezekiel Elliott and he basically bombed his interview (laughs) and kind of ruled himself out of being a potential Eagles pick. So it doesn't guarantee they're going to take him or they definitely love him, but it gives them a chance to kind of get to know these guys better. And that's why I think you'll see players they bring in. They might have like an injury history or there might be kind of some character concerns because they want to kind of get more information on those guys. Um, So we don't have to get to every name, I think, here. or do you want to? How do you want well, to do Well, let's it? just look at the trends. So um, there's been a bunch of corners. The corners they've brought in have been Sauce Gardner. I mentioned him as a possible trade-up possibility. I don't think they're going to get him, um, just to be clear. I don't think so either. I think he's going to be long gone. Uh, Andrew Booth, who mm. was originally a common name mocked to the Eagles, he didn't work out at the Combine or his pro day because he – I think it was a quad that he tweaked. 
So you don't really see him anymore much. He's like sort of drifted to the back end of the first round and sometimes out of the first round completely, which is dumb in my opinion because he's really good. Uh, Marcus Jones uh, from Houston, playmaking uh, smaller corner. Doesn't make a ton of sense for the Eagles in terms of the regular defense because they just re-signed uh, uh, Avante Maddox to a long-term extension. But he's like the premier kick and punt returner uh, return. in college football. And then the other trend is that they've brought in a bunch of uh, defensive tackles. Mm. So they brought in, you know, Jordan Davis, the aforementioned Jordan Davis. Uh, they brought in his teammate, Devontae Wyatt from Georgia. And they brought in a player who actually, like, I mean, this guy was just crushing people at the uh, Senior Bowl. Uh, doesn't have, like, big-time stats at Oklahoma, but Perrion Winfrey uh, is another guy that I think is is in strong contention for the Eagles pick in the second round. Um, Here, can we, stop those guys, can we stop down on the defensive tackles for a little bit? Yeah, uh, sure. We already yep. talked about Davis, like him a lot. Devontae Wyatt, Jimmy, if the Eagles pick him, just like fire Howie instantly. <laughs> what are we doing? This guy is 24 and a half years old, or he will be as a rookie. <laughs> yeah. He has five sacks and like, I forget what the number is, like 30 something game or whatever, many games at Georgia. Like, yeah. no, no, I, you can't do that. That is not. He's a, there in round two. Fine. You got to go sure. ahead and take him. Well, even then, I don't love that, but like, you cannot take <laughs> this guy with a premium pick. Uh, yeah. On Perry on Winfrey, yeah, you noted he was really killing it at the Senior Bowl. So, the, based on like the book on him seems to be that he wasn't necessarily playing in a system in Oklahoma that really like maximized him and let him rush mm -hmm. freely as much as they kind of did like a lot of stunting and stuff. Um, so I think there might be some untapped upside with him. I also think he's on the younger side as well. So I'm I'm kind of I'm way more intrigued by Perry on Winfrey than mm -hmm. Devontae Wyatt. Um, but yeah, is he younger? Because he's a JUCO transfer. Uh, let me double check those that. guys. Those guys usually wind up being a little bit older. Um, um, while you check that, uh, you know, in addition to defensive tackle, they brought in a couple. Turns 22 in August. Too. Oh, okay. All right. So he is young. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau is another huge name. Uh, of course, we mentioned him before as a trade-up option. That guy's actually kind of fallen. Mm. in uh, like he Entering the 2021 college football season, there were people that thought that he was like the number one prospect in, in, in the upcoming draft. Um, and now people are thinking that he might even slide out of the top 10. There are some effort concerns mm -hmm. with him. So the, the strengths that he has is that his first step off the snap is fantastic. And he's got speed around the edge. Uh, you know, offensive tackles will overset on him and then he can win inside as well. Doesn't really have much of a power game. If you can add that, then he's going to be really, really good. But the concerns with him are the effort and, um, uh, that's I think that he's the the exact type of player that you want to have in for one of these top thirty visits, so you can learn more about yes. the person uh, as opposed to the you know the, I mean ever everyone can look at his his game and and see what he is as a player. It's like not that hard to to figure out what he is as a player. And then the other guy that they brought in is Penn State uh, uh, defensive end slash linebacker. He'd probably be a Sam if, if he played on the Eagles. Uh, Jesse uh, Lukita, I think is how you pronounce it. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, it's been heavy corner and heavy defensive line. Oh, yeah. Jesse Lukita. He's Canadian. Um, <laughs> uh, sorry to all of our Canadian listeners who had to suffer for butchering that. But um, <laughs> uh, I like you, Canada. Nothing against Canada. Yeah. <laughs> that makes me sound like you know, I I've never, I've never, I've never been to Canada. I've been to Canada. I've been to like... I've been to like I don't know like twenty five countries. Wow! And Canada what? somehow is not Canada somehow is not one of them. Uh, it's right above it's possible. The USA, Jimmy. If uh, you didn't know, <laughs> uh, I've been to Toronto only as a, at a layover. But um, been to Windsor, 
kind of across the bridge from Detroit there. Detroit, yeah. And I've been to, most notably of all, uh, Victoria. Beautiful. Beautiful place okay. on uh, British Columbia, Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did I want to say? Oh, so on Kayvon Thibodeau, I think a lot of people, I think this is the classic case of like, oh, this guy has fallen. He's a steal. Like every team is dumb <laughs> and we're the smart team that actually got him. Like I'm a little worried of him falling okay. or him falling and him being like this no-brainer pick. Like I'm a little, there's I don't know. a little know. Andre Dillard in that. Right. Like there's a reason why this player yeah. is falling. It doesn't mean that he definitely is going to be a bust, but like, it's not just like, oh, every other team is like they're stupid and we're the smart ones. Like, like a little caution <laughs> right. on that. Uh, I saw from ESPN, I believe it was Todd McShay or Kuiper. They'd kind of written an article uh, over the weekend, this past weekend, about where they said that they don't think it's really that crazy that Thibodeau could fall all the way down to 15 where the Eagles are picking. Mm, okay. So we'll see about that. But they also listed three reasons why. And number one, I believe, was like the lack of elite production. And he didn't really have like elite numbers. Yeah, seven sacks in 2021, for example. At Oregon, right. Uh, injury was one that it wasn't even just that like he's missed a ton of time, but like the way he played, like apparently was a big thing that scouts kind of questioned okay. after like, he was playing a lot more tentative. And mm-hmm. so not so that's kind of tied into effort, but also like personality too. And when I see that, and I look at the Eagles, some issues they've had with Jalen Rager and Andre Dillard. It's the three letters that I fear. It's that big loser. It's the BLE, Jimmy. The big. Lo- I'm, I'm worried. <laughs> I don't know for sure that he has it. I can't say that yet. But that's a, definitely a red flag on my radar with Thibodeau. And also St- uh, Stingley. Stingley. How do you say Stingley. it? Stingley. Stingley. The corner yeah. for LSU. Same kind of thing. Like I know he was like great as a as a freshman. He had six interceptions. He's played in 10 games the past two years combined. Like the yeah. injury thing is concerning. And then I've also seen based on like his scouting report too, like there's some kind of like effort questions in there as well. So like I would just be worried. I'm thinking like the Eagles definitely got a steal if they get either of those two guys. Uh, there's there's intriguing upside there. I get it. I'm not saying it's uh, it's risk reward. You know, there's 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 upside for sure. But like, I don't think it's a slam dunk to me. The thing I've seen on Stingley is that he's, <clears throat> excuse me, the negative on him is that People think of him as more of a finesse player, um, like not super physical, which, you know, if you add a guy like Darius Slay and, you know, he can actually cover, you know, that's the that's the main thing. Like when you look at like edge rushers, for example, can they get to the quarterback? Yes. Great. Give me him. Like if they don't play the run quite as well, right. then, you know, you're willing to kind of live with that. Uh, I think that's kind of the same thing in the cornerback position. Can they cover? Yes. Okay. I'll take them. Uh, is he going to flatten people? Um, you know, maybe not. Yeah. I'll take like an Avante Samuel over, uh, over a guy that can, was that you? You got a bad smoke detector there? So the issue people really want to know about this <laughs> isn't actually that like the battery isn't bad. Apparently like the actual detector is bad. Um, <laughs> okay. So we'll get a new one. Great. Well, <laughs> yeah, I'm working on that. There's nothing worse than, uh, uh, it's not when, on me. You, it's know, on you have one of those smoke detectors and every 30 seconds it's like, beep. yep. And have you ever been on the phone with somebody and they have just, that just beep, every 30 and they just live with it somehow. They're just oh, content. Yeah, I can't, to, I can't just content. To the, it would be like three beeps before I tore it out of the ceiling. So, <laughs> like, <laughs> My air conditioner wasn't working, or it was kind of making this really loud, like, rattling hum noise for a little bit a couple summers ago. Yeah. So you can hear it again. And I was just going nuts. <laughs> and I'm going to go fix that when I go away to talk to you here. But, like, I was just like, losing – and my, my friends were over at the time, and they were, like, fine with it. I'm like, how are you guys – like, I, I am losing my mind. I can't do this. 
like this is driving me crazy and they weren't over for just like a couple hours they were staying over at the time so like they were dealing with this all day and i just i was like i'm gonna lose my mind i'm gonna freaking punch a <laughs> hole in the wall like andy <laughs> from the office like this is driving me crazy so yeah i can't do that let me go fix that while uh, like andy from the office i'm gonna have to take my headphones off so i'm not gonna be able to hear what you say so why don't you uh talk about maybe some of the rest of the visits all right i can do that uh but, so, but not quarterback uh, we'll get into quarterback when i get back all right i'll save quarterback for you the think- other positions that I think is are kind of weird that they uh, they've had a few guys in is uh, they've had Texas A and M uh, offensive lineman Kenyon Green from Texas A and M and they've had Tulsa uh, offensive lineman Tyler Smith who a lot of people think is going to be a first round pick Kenyon Green will almost certainly be a first round pick Kenyon Green played left guard uh, right guard and right tackle for Texas A and M so the Eagles will love that versatility. Uh, he didn't really test all that great at the NFL Combine, which sort of goes against their tendencies uh, along the offensive line. They typically like to, you know, add guys that that have good athleticism. So he doesn't really fit that necessarily. Um, I can't see the Eagles taking uh, an offensive lineman in the first round. It just doesn't make any sense to me. I think they're already pretty uh, loaded, both in terms of their starting lineup and then also in terms of depth. Like you look at their tackle position. You have Jordan Mailata, who's going to be you know the left tackle for the foreseeable future. You have an All Pro and Lean Johnson, who's at who's at right tackle. And then on the interior, um, depending on whatever you think of Isaac Sayamalo, like maybe they might be moving on from Isaac Sayamalo because he just hasn't been able to stay healthy, and he's just sort of like I would call him maybe slightly above average uh, left guard. Um, and then also it's it'll be interesting to see how you know who's where uh, along the offensive line. Do you move? Landon Dickerson back from left guard to right guard, or you just keep him right at left guard next to Jordan Mylotta. I think there's uh, strong um, arguments to be made uh, either way on that. But bottom line is they have Sayamala, they have Kelsey, and they have Dickerson on the interior of the line. And then their backups are good. Like they still have Andre Dillard until they trade him. They have LaRaven Clark, who can be a swing tackle. They have Jack Driscoll, who can play right guard or right tackle. Um, the only thing they really don't have, I guess, is a guy on the bench anyway who can come in and fill in at center. But of course, Herbie. Amalo and Dickerson. Herbig was really bad when he yeah, filled in at center for, for, for theory, Kelsey last year. <laughs> so in theory, he can play center. They'd freaking but uh, Herbie, but Herbie's, center. Herbie's another example of a guy that, that's like decent depth at guard as well. Right. So it's just not a position that I think makes – it's a position that I think I've seen a lot, like mocked to the Eagles a lot. <laughs> and whenever I see that, I go, okay, that guy just doesn't know anything about like this this roster. But then when the Eagles have these two guys in, like Tyler Smith and Kenyon Green, it's kind of like, well, hmm, why are they in for visits? Yeah. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know what that's all about. They can trade Sumalo this after June 1 to to clear 5.65 million in cap space. So, okay. And I guess you could look at that and maybe the Eagles feel like, well, we're not going to sign get something him. for him. Oh, yeah, because they feel like they might not sign him to an extension after this season. So, yeah, mm-hmm. why not get something for him now? Um, but I think that's that's like you're creating a hole where you don't really need to. Like, I don't, I don't, and love then you're that. spending one of your premium picks on yeah. something that. You know, again, like it's not something that you created. And a guard, like not a tackle, a guard. And <laughs> right. it's Jeff Stoutland. And again, yeah, like to my point of I always bring up with Nate Herbig, like why are you tendering him? Like wh- why are you going to tender him and then draft a player in the first round? Like, wh- like what are you doing? You're spending wh- – I know it's the offensive line. You can, in theory, almost not spend enough resources there. But, I mean, this is pushing it, I think, if they did that. Uh, unless he's like – I think he'd have to be like head and shoulders the best prospect. But even then, like I don't know, yeah, like yeah. trade down. Uh yeah, so I don't I don't love that. Uh on the quarterbacks, Jimmy. I want to I want to get the quarterback here because 
the Eagles are bringing in Matt Corral. Or actually, they did, according to Matt Corral on the Rich mm-hmm. Eisen show. He said they he already visited Philly. Um, and naturally, people are going to be like, oh, it's a smokescreen. Doesn't have anything to do <laughs> with the Eagles' true intentions. And here's what I'll say about that. Like, regardless of their intentions, which are debatable, you don't know them for sure, the fact is they're doing their homework on this year's quarterback class. That is yeah. That much is not... That can't be disputed or denied. Uh, so for some examples here, Eagles quarterbacks coach Brian Johnson attended Kenny Pickett's pro day. He also attended Sam Howell's pro day. Mm-hmm. Howie Roseman traveled to see both Kenny Pickett and Sam Howell play in person back in Pitt, mm-hmm. Pittsburgh. Uh, November, in, I think. Yeah, in November. Right? Uh, it was like a Thursday night or whatever. Uh, Howie Roseman was also, quote, paying particular attention, end quote, to Malik Willis at the senior ball. Uh, recently, Albert Breer said that, and this was, by the way, after the Eagles made the trade, uh, like he, he wrote this earlier this week, uh, that he, quote, heard the Eagles connected to Malik Willis the last couple weeks, end quote. And then on uh, Wednesday slash Thursday here, Hugh Freeze, who is Liberty's head coach where Malik Willis plays college, had mentioned that the Eagles uh, contacted him. Now he said, it was Joe Panunzio, who's like the Eagles assistant special teams coordinator. And uh, I think the connection there, uh, Hugh Freeze said, is that, you know, he was back at Ole Miss. O- Ole Miss? I said Ole, Ole Miss. Miss. Ole Miss. Did you say Ole Miss? In my head, I see <laughs> O-L-E, and I'm thinking Ole. Oh, man. I like Ole that. Ole Miss. Yeah, I like that. I'm going to, that's what it is now. Ole, Ole actually kind of means miss, exactly. too. Like... That's the thing. It's, it's miss, miss. Miss, miss me with that. Um, wow, Ole Miss. Ole Miss. That's how I read it in my head when I see it. Like I know it's not that, but I yeah. I can't not see the O L E and think I'll Ole. never not see it that way again. Oh, there now. you go. I ruined it for you. Uh, so you know, there's an SEC connection. They were both in the SEC, so maybe that's why because they know each other. He also bit. had a role in the front office too, Penanzi. Yes, he did, uh, and he, he was also wait, never mind. I was going to say he's also Alabama. I don't know. That didn't matter. It didn't. It's not relevant other than the SEC thing. Um, so I mean, that's more than nothing. Well, to no, me. Hugh Freeze used to coach in the SEC, is, is right. That's what I'm saying. But, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Not specifically that it mattered that Penanzi was at Alabama, but to me, that's all more than nothing. That is not to me like you can't just tell me that is 100. percent Smokescreen. We don't care about these quarterbacks at all. We're just trying to confuse everyone. Like, I don't. I don't buy that. I think they're doing serious homework. Well, Corral was the one who said it. It wasn't like the yes. Eagles. Like if, if somebody put out, it wasn't leaked. That, yeah, yeah. Corral himself said it, and it had already happened. So if the Eagles really wanted it out there that he visited, it would have probably come out mm-hmm. sooner than that. So, uh, yeah. I mean, I think there's legit. I, I really like Matt Corral. By the way, I think I mentioned earlier in the podcast that. I like him more than Pickett. I think he's got a much, much better arm than Pickett. Um, he's 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 uh, thought of as like a good leader, uh, which is sort of similar, tra- you know, which of course is Jalen Hurts' best trait in theory, uh, the intangibles and stuff like that. I think Matt Corral has those. He played through uh, an injury during the season uh, in 2021. Um, so I think he's got some toughness, uh, traits as well. He played in, but the, I mean, the best thing about him game. is his arm. Like he's, he's in 2020, the, the big knock on Matt Corral was that he just took way too, way too many chances with the football. He threw a bunch of picks and then he cleaned that up a bit in, uh, 2021. I think he only had five picks uh, on the season last year, but that's a guy that I would not hate, uh, if the Eagles took him. I don't know if I'd, I'd necessarily be interested in him. 
with the 15th pick or the 18th pick or something like that. But if somehow he's still sitting there at 51, yeah, yeah. hell yeah, I take that guy. That's one pick ahead of where the Eagles took Jalen Hurts a couple of years ago. Number mm-hmm. 52, I believe, or 53, 52, I think. Um, he's a better prospect coming out than Jalen Hurts was, in my opinion. By the way, the other teams that Matt Corral is going to visit, do you know those, Jimmy? It's I don't the know. Carolina Panthers, the Atlanta okay. Falcons, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the New Orleans Saints. What okay. do all those teams have in common? <laughs> so, like, you know, again, don't tell me that this is, like, totally nothing. It's not – it doesn't mean they're definitely going to draft a quarterback. But, like, the idea it's not even, like, in play, again, with the team that drafted Jalen Hurts when Carson Wentz is on the team, like, come on. Like, it's definitely in play. I don't I don't know how likely it is. I don't know what percentage I'd put, but it's it's more than zero. It's not a 0% chance. So, I'm intrigued by Those Corral. are the exact teams that – sorry to cut you off, but those no, are the ahead. exact teams – that Hugh Freeze mentioned in that interview with uh, Rich Eisen as well. Yes. Those exact four teams right. in addition Regarding to Regarding Malik Willis, yes. yes. So, yeah. Um, the Eagles are doing their homework, as they should be. Uh, and again, they might come to the conclusion in doing their homework that these quarterbacks aren't worth it, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But they're definitely looking, and it's, it's I think it's more than like the regular team's due diligence. Like Again, if, if you want to compare, as some people want to do, like Jalen Hurts to Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen, were the Bills and Ravens ever like trading back or, or trading and you know, getting future first and kind of building contingency plans? Right, were those right. teams ever like linked to high profile free agent quarterbacks that were? No, like that's not this. It's not comparable to me. Uh, so I definitely think there's some kind of interest here. Uh, I like Malik Willis. I'm intrigued by him. Definitely has a great arm. Uh, and speaking of great arm, like you said, Matt Corral, I think that guy. I don't feel very confident in his projection in terms of like the floor. I think he could have a really, I think he's boomer bust. I think he could have yeah, a really yeah, yeah, low yeah. floor in the NFL, but I think he could have a pretty <laughs> yeah. high ceiling. Cause I think that the arm strength and the, the talent is for real. The leadership stuff I think does matter as we see with Jalen hurts. Like that's something mm. I think the Eagles are, I think they're scarred from Carson Wentz and they're absolutely going to, that's going to be a big part of their, as it should mm-hmm. be to some extent to, uh, to their, I mean, obviously not to the extent where you're relying on that over talent, uh, yeah. But that has to be a, a box to check for sure. And, and one they can't ignore. Um, so I'm intrigued. Uh, I definitely think it's relevant. And that's the bottom line because Stone Cold said so. <laughs> we got a little WrestleMania on the brain. Uh, Stone Cold was at WrestleMania, Jimmy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know you're a big wrestling guy. You, 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 I mean, everyone has a wrestling I was phase. when I was a kid. Yeah. So like, but, but so I'm, I'll be 45 this wow. year. So I'm, I'm old as hell. Uh, but like my favorite wrestler growing up was uh, the uh, JYD. You know who that is? No. The Junkyard Dog. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, the Junkyard Dog. Interesting. Um, uh, why don't we take another break, Jimmy? Before we kind of wrap up with a potpourri of sorts. Okay. But before we do, back after this, we need to hear. Oh. Wait, no, oh, right. false, false. Send the break. False back. You need to this. tell me. Sorry. Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors and RoachRealtors dot com. Well, as Brandon mentioned at the top of the podcast, God voted uh, Kristen Roach best realtor in the history of the universe. Um, I guess God made that determination that she's the, just the best ever in the universe. Uh, but she had previously yes. also won best realtor in the universe in 2014, 2016, 2017, 2019, I think 2019 and 2021. Yeah. Um She's on track to win it again in 2022, best realtor in the universe. So God just went ahead and he said, you know what? I've seen enough. She is the best realtor, bar none, in the history 
of the universe and currently as well, obviously. Uh, so if you are looking to buy or sell your house, you would be an idiot not to call Kristen Roach at 856-906-9295. Again, 856-906-9295. Brandon? Don't be an idiot. <laughs> Back after this. <laughs> Kristen Roach of Roach Real Tours, Roach Real Tours, Roach Real Tours. Kristen Roach of Roach Real Tours. She's the greatest. 856-906-9295. Back here on BGN Radio. We're having a lot of fun. Hopefully, you're having fun too, Jimmy. A couple of quick hitters before we head out of here. Okay. Uh, Eagles might lose. I don't even know. I don't even know where you're going with this. I know this is, you're flying sense. blind. I didn't put this in the show That's sheet. Right. So I came up with it shortly before the show. Uh, report this morning, kind of. I don't know report, maybe, but some buzz this morning coming from a chat on the Pittsburgh Post Gazette, where a longtime Steelers uh, writer, mm. whose name is uh, Gary Dulak. Um, okay. Included that, or kind of was asked a question about Andy Wydell and his candidacy. Which, by the way, if you didn't already know, the Steelers officially interviewed him. Like they confirmed that, like I think in late February. Um, but you know, Kevin Colbert won't be walking away until after the draft, so it's not like the Eagles are going to lose Andy Wydell before the draft, but potentially could be losing him right after the draft because apparently, according to the Pittsburgh Post Gazette, uh, Wydell is the quote unquote front runner for that job, mm. which would make some sense. He is a Pittsburgh native. He got his NFL start with the Steelers. So like that wouldn't really be shocking to me. Um, I think he also has a connection, uh, if I'm not mistaken, with Tom Donahoe, who obviously yes. was formerly with the Steelers. Instrumental in getting him to Philly, yeah. Yeah, so there's like some ties there, I think, that go way back and could kind of make sense. So that'd be kind of a significant loss, I feel like. Uh, it's also kind of just funny from a dynamic standpoint of like, Andy Wydell making key Eagles picks this year. All right, a couple of days later, now he's the Steelers GM. Like, just like he's out the door all of a sudden. Uh, yeah. Not to say like he wouldn't put his best foot forward, but it's just like a weird sure. thing to think about. And uh, with the Eagles also losing Brandon Brown and Ian Cunningham, I mean, you lose mm -hmm. Andy Wydell as well. That's like three of your top scouting department members. So that's it's not ideal. Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I remember uh, during the week of the Super Bowl, uh, uh, Daniel Jeremiah had put out a tweet saying that like the Eagles um, are building one of the best scouting departments in the NFL. And I ran into him the week of the Super Bowl, and I I, I asked if I could interview him real quickly. He probably wasn't thrilled about that, but he agreed. And uh, he said that I asked him to unpack that statement a bit. Yeah. And um, you know, Ian Cunningham was a name that I remember he mentioned being really. Uh, positive about him and his future in the NFL and Andy Weidel, of course, uh, those two guys worked together um, in, uh, in, in, a, did they believe work together in Baltimore? I think they did. And of course, uh, Joe Douglas uh, was still with the Eagles at the time. And uh, he rattled off a lot of names and all the names that he rattled off. Like a lot of those guys are, are uh, either not with the Eagles anymore or rumored uh, to not be with the Eagles soon. So, uh, you know, good for Andy. First of all, sure. if he can, if he can get that job, that'd be awesome. I really like Andy a lot as a person. So uh, good for him. Not that anyone cares about that, but good for him. If, uh, if he's able to land that job and I think it'd be well-deserved if he did. Um, 
but yeah, it'd be another big loss, like you said, yeah. if if he did move on to the Steelers. Uh, as you mentioned, at, at least uh, well, you didn't mention this, but um, you wouldn't be worried necessarily about him not putting his best foot forward for this draft. But at least the Steelers are in the AFC as opposed to him going to like the Giants, for example, mm-hmm. like Brandon Brown did. And the Eagles were clearly miffed, you know, or not happy with losing Brandon Brown and mm-hmm. Ian Cunningham when they did because they co-proposed a resolution that disallows. Uh, secondary executives like they were like assistant GM titles that they got to uh, be so basically the Eagles can block that until after the draft Um, so um, they clearly weren't happy about that so you can't tell me it's like not a big like they can't tell me it's not a huge deal if they're making a freaking like you know resolution proposal about this (laughs) and then they're losing a guy who is literally the head of their scouting department that's not to say it's crippling it's a disaster but it seems like how we might have some work to do in terms of like restocking the pipeline after mm-hmm. this year's draft. And again, I've mentioned this before. Maybe they move Dave Caldwell up, the former Jags GM, to you know a higher right. position. So they they have some in-house options. Maybe and obviously because they've lost some people, they have some openings where they might be able to attract some uh, attractive lower candidates elsewhere. I'm not saying they're like they're doomed, but it's 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 like somewhat concerning. I feel like it's something like that they have to address uh, elsewhere. I have. The Eagles have, quote, remained in communication, end quote, with the honey badger, Tyron Matthew, Jimmy. Uh, Mike Garofolo said that there were talks about a visit to Philly, but nothing is actually scheduled right now. Obviously, there was news about and, and evidence of the honey badger visiting the, uh, New Orleans, where he played at LSU. So the Saints might get him instead, which is, you know, obviously worth noting for the Eagles on the, the front <laughs> right. that they have their second or their first round pick next year. <laughs> right. Uh would you be interested in or do you think it's smart for the Eagles to sign Tyron Matthew? First of all, stop obsessing over the Saints, Brandon. You cover the Eagles, <laughs> jerk. Uh but yeah, all Saints news is now relevant to to Eagles fans these days. Um I don't think Honey Badger is the player that he used to be, hmm. but he's certainly better than anything they have on their roster now. So if they can get him at a reasonable enough cost, by all means, go ahead and get that guy. Uh, I don't think it makes the most sense. Not from a standpoint of like, I just th- I don't think it's a realistic fit. I think he's going to want to play for a team that's like a stronger contender than the Eagles or maybe the Saints, you know, where he kind of has some roots there. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. I just don't think like I just don't see it being the super most super realistic fit, and I just don't love it from a standpoint of like okay, Anthony Harris stopgap, and the Honey Badger is like a fun player to have as a stopgap. Don't get me wrong, but like, can we get some kind of like long term piece? Maybe hopefully in there. I don't know. Uh, so who's uh, Tyron Matthews' agent? Do you have any idea? Off the top I of your am head? not sure off the top of my head, but uh, like. I'm not like I kind of could take it or leave it, I guess is what I'm trying to say. It all depends on the price. I just don't think it's super realistic. Uh, I believe it was Jordan Schultz who kind of first reported on the Eagles interest in Tyron Matthew. And he also had them listed with like 12 other teams or something. So I don't know. It seems like there could be a lot of teams in the mix there. Um, I'd like to see the Eagles draft to safety at some point. That'd be nice. And for them to get playing time. But we'll see on that one. Uh, last thing I had is Eagles OTA practices were announced. So if you're still listening to this and you care about this, you're really a diehard, but, uh, (laughs) I think this is significant because these are the first real spring practices and like spring notes that we'll have since 2019 because 2020, Mm -hmm. obviously there weren't any practices. And last year there were a couple that we attended. I think it was only like two, but they weren't even like real. They weren't even doing any seven on seven stuff really or anything 
Nothing. Yeah, if you if you'll recall, it was when the Eagles and the the Eagles players, yes. sort of like their their leadership players, uh, came to an agreement with the coaching staff on okay, let's get rid of this, but we'll add this, and we'll and they worked out something that was uh, you know uh, th- that both sides found agreeable, and uh, I thought they actually I thought that was one of the early indications of um, you know Nick Sirianni being able to relate to players and such, so. Um, yeah, uh, but you're right. It's, it's been off seasons during the spring anyway, have been, you know, sort of barren in terms of, uh, uh, Eagles workouts on field workouts over the last two years, obviously because of COVID. Yeah. So I think it'll be interesting, uh, that those are back. There's no mini camp. And I should note that the Eagles are the only team to not have a mandatory mini camp as, you know, as opposed to the rest of the workouts are voluntary. Uh-huh. It's always interesting to see if you know there's a player maybe missing from the voluntary sessions, as there have been in the past. Uh, the other team that doesn't have them, though, are the Cincinnati Bengals, who are coming off the longest season in NFL history, having played 18 weeks and then gone to the Super Bowl. So uh, the Eagles are being lazy, Jimmy, is my takeaway. And uh, <laughs> how are they going to win if they're not taking things seriously? Obviously, the real take here is that it seems this seems to be another indication that they're not that this is shocking, but they're going to go back to what they did last year in terms of like light training camp. Like that seems to be their new philosophy is like, we're going to, right. They basically scaled back. And even during the season, especially later in the year, they weren't even like really practicing as much as they were uh, mm-hmm. at least in the past. So it just seems to be another kind of uh, phil- philosophical indicator that they're going to take it easy. They're not going to push it too hard, which might be good news to you if you're an Eagles fan and you're like, hey, I don't have they to worry. They health last year. Yeah. So it kind of worked. Like the, their premise sure. of doing that kind of worked. Of course, they had a crap ton of penalties uh, in sure. their first four or five games. <laughs> so eh, whatever. They were also so injured in the past that it's like anything would be an improvement. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they had some true. of the most injured teams sure. years before. So that kind of helped by comparison. Uh, but yeah. Uh, all right, Jimmy. We made it through the show. Any final thoughts? Mm. Nah, final thoughts. Uh, I can go first if you want to. Yeah, go ahead. All right. So, have you ever had soft? Have you ever had soft shell crab? I do. I have not had soft shell crab. Would you ever eat it? No. Okay. Why? I'm not a crab guy. I'm not the biggest seafood guy, but uh, I've kind of been trying to maybe you know expand my palate a little bit. I've had some things that are really good. Uh, I had some shrimp like a couple months ago, like some like grilled shrimp. Um, and it was pretty good, man. I ate the whole thing, like, like the whole, the whole shrimp. I feel like you're not maybe supposed to do that or like they tell you not to do that. <laughs> ate the tail too, you mean? Uh, maybe I think so. The whole thing. It was good. <laughs> okay. Uh, maybe All I'm right. a psycho, uh, would be the first time. <laughs> I, by the way, I eat peanuts too with the shell on. That's, I feel like a, a huge psycho move. By That's me. very weird. I, oh yes. I think it's the best though. Cause like. Because well, they salt the outside though. How are you supposed to get the saltiness <laughs> if the if you're not getting the shell? Um, uh, I want to try soft shell crab. I'm I'm thinking about my trip to LBI. Probably hopefully multiple trips this summer. Going to go down to Ship Bottom Shellfish. Not a sponsor, but I uh, had really good sh- swordfish there last year. Okay, I think swordfish by the way, kind of underrated as a as a food uh, that I've had. Um, so I want to try it. If anyone has any opinions on soft shell crab and if it's any good or not, if it's worth my time, uh, feel free to tweet me at Brandon Gowton, uh, maybe with hashtag, uh, 
Hashtag crab. BGN crab. Okay. BGN crab. All right. <laughs> when is Philly's opening day? I believe, Jimmy, if I'm not mistaken, it is tomorrow, the, uh, Friday, April 8th. Let's see that. Philly's. I'm actually pretty sure I'm right about that. You gonna you gonna go to a Phillies game? I'm gonna go to a Phillies game this year. I've, it's been a it's been a very long time since I've been to a Phillies. Oh yeah, you're right. So tomorrow, we're recording this by the way Thursday morning. So Friday three oh five, Eagles. I mean Eagles, <laughs> Phillies, Phillies Athletics, uh, and then Saturday at four oh five, and then Sunday at one oh five. All right, we got three sort of day games right in a row. I like that. Um, over under. 90.5. What do you got? Hmm. We'll take the under. <laughs> and that's <laughs> look, I think the Phillies have more potential this year. Uh, but I got to see it, man. I can't just give them the, they have not earned the benefit of the doubt. I think on paper, it looks like their lineup is, seems really good from what I gather. Um, obviously check out the good fight with the pH for our, mm-hmm. all of our Phillies coverage on SB nation and uh, John Stolness, obviously who does, you know, he hosts here as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, he does obviously uh, there's some podcast work for it, for them. So you know, he's the expert. You should really be asking him, but my amateur opinion is the under, are you taking the over? No, I'm taking the under. I am very pessimistic always uh, about the Phillies and that always <laughs> well, seems to be right. <laughs> they are the losingest franchise in the history of sports in the universe. Like, but but I'm with you. They, I, they do seem better this year. They, they're, they're, there seems to be more reason to be optimistic about them this year than in previous years. At least the lineup. Like, the lineup seems like it's going to be really good. I think there's yeah. some questions, you know, about the bullpen and pitching or whatever. But honestly, mm-hmm. like, from an aesthetic standpoint, I think I'll take that. Like, if you're just going to be hitting home runs, like, that's – it seems more – if you're going to have to win games, you know, like 13 to 11 or whatever, as opposed to, like, you really have to rely on your pitching and you're hoping to win, like – one to zero like you know give me the 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 former over the latter like give me give me home runs at least i'm going to be entertained by that that's fun you know offense is fun so the other year that i thought like was there was legit optimism too i remember watching their opening day game uh actually in arizona during the owners meetings that year and that was 2019 when uh they signed bryce harper and i think he hit a home run on the opening day. Do I have that right? Um, but it was like, oh, baby, the Phillies are back. I don't, and then, I don't think he did on op- – Andrew Andrew uh, uh, McCutcheon hit a home run on his okay. first – I think it was first pitch that season. First pitch. <laughs> okay. At his first at-bat, leadoff. Um, Bryce had a big – I think he had a home run that weekend. It was like that – That might their, be Yeah, it. their home that stand that it. weekend. Uh, yeah. yeah, that was a really and – And the Phillies – Did they sweep? Like a, was it the Cubs? No, I don't remember it was the Braves, exactly. I think. Okay, all right, that might be off to like a four and zero or six and zero start or something, and I was like, "Up, oh, Phils are back." Yeah, and then yeah, and then not as much. Nope. <laughs> so I hope they're back. I like the Phils a lot, uh, but honestly, one of my favorite things during the summer is just having the Phillies game, or this is what I used to love. I haven't I haven't been able to enjoy this yes. because they just made me mad over the last few years. But in past years when they were good, one of my favorite things during the summer is just have them on. Don't really pay it. Don't like watch the game, but it's just kind of there in the background, a nice little summer nap while the Phillies run. You, like, you fall asleep in like the third inning, you wake up, it's like the eighth inning and like it, it's a one run game. You're like, Ooh, okay. I'll pay attention now. And, uh, like, you know, just being at my mom's house down the shore and having the Phillies game on there. I love that. But Totally uh, agree. 
but they they've been disappointing the last few years. When the Phillies were you know were in the run, like in the heyday, you know, like mm-hmm. 08, 09, 11, 10, 11, all that. Um I would watch like, almost every single game, pretty much anyone I could. Yeah, uh, you know, maybe again, not you know the whole way through, but I, I would at least watch like a good portion of it uh, every night. And I'll admit it, like I'm fair weather when it comes to the Phillies. Like, oh, for sure, I have to be. To baseball, <laughs> you're insane if you're watching like if you're like you're watching all of these games. 162 yeah, like, games like a, or whatever. Like a 60 win team and yeah. you're watching every one of those is, games I mean, all year. <laughs> if you love it, God bless you. Like if you, if you love that and yes. that's your thing, like more power to you. I can't do yeah. that. I cannot do that. I need the team to be at least like somewhat competitive, at least like, you know, yeah. kind of a playoff team. Uh, and the Phillies have not been that. And uh, although I will say, you know, it was like a little run last year and they've had, you know, moments here and there. Like we talked mm-hmm. about the Braves last year. I think there was like a, a big series against the Mets where they swept them and something that I'm looking forward to this summer on your kind of note of the, the Phillies uh, summer aesthetic is that we have a, a little thing at my building um, where, or my rooftop where I call it uh, grills and fills where break out the barbecue, throw some dogs, throw some burgers on there. And then I have a, a TV. I bring up a TV to the rooftop, get that bad boy on. Okay. Join the sunset. The fills are on That's the TV. It's, it's beautiful. It's a great thing. Yeah. Cracking some beers. Uh, it's a great time. So, yeah, looking forward to that. And, again, thegoodfight.com, uh, fight with a PH for all of our Phillies SB Nation coverage if you're still listening at this point in the show. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to summer as a whole, Jimmy. Honestly, the beach, the Weird fills. that I've never been invited to the rooftop Phillies well, Yeah, game. I know. Exactly. There's a reason for that. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Uh, this has been BGN Radio, episode 243. It was a good show, or at least I think so. If you want to tell me that it wasn't, you can tweet at me, at Brandon Gouton. You can tweet at Jimmy, at Jimmy Kemsky. Also, you can tell me if it was a good show or not. Uh, hashtag BGN good show or hashtag BGN bad show, uh, depending on which one you feel <laughs> like. Uh, we appreciate you listening. We can. We hope you, you continue to listen by subscribing leaving us a rating and review if you want to help support the pod check out righteousfelon.com for righteous selling craft jerky you use discount code bgn15 for 15 percent off same discount code works at wildnaturepet.com for 15 percent off dog treats if you're looking to buy sell or rent a house you can call the following phone number or text 856-906-9295 alternatively you can go to roachrealtors.com to contact kristen roach of roach realtors uh, we will have more content coming your way because, of course, we will. Check out the SB Nation NFL show, by the way. A lot on there uh, because, again, the draft is three weeks away from when we're recording this. So we'll be getting into our annual mock drafts that we do here, our dueling mm-hmm. mock drafts, Jimmy, that we'll be doing here on the podcast. So that'll be fun. That'll be coming up in a couple of weeks. And then we'll be tracking, tracking visits and, and anything else that might happen. So uh, that's that's – that's what it is. That's that's how it's going to go. All right, Jimmy. Uh, we will be back next week at some point, and I'll talk to you then. Goodbye, everybody. B-G-N. <laughs>